Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. Ready for some good news? Let's get into it today. Let me see. Okay. How many of you guys have a Roomba at home or some type of vacuum cleaner that just vacuums when you're not there? Anybody else got a Roomba? Come on, don't be afraid to say it. We all lazy. We all got Roombas. Eventually, we're going to have those. Uh, you know, they got lawnmowers that cut your grass now for you. I'm like, oh. But I don't know if I got the money for one of those. But anyway, my Roomba just said, Alfred is stuck on a cliff. Every time, I'm like... Oh, this is Alfred is stuck near a cliff. I'm something like, I got a cliff in my house. Okay. So, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, so, I'm going to try to get you guys out of here early today, right? So, I just want to share. I think we're going to keep talking about some of the stuff that we talked about last week about being spirit led people. We are Holy Ghost people, we are the presence of God people, whatever verbiage you want to put on it, you can't get away from it about being spiritual. Even if you don't go to church, you're spiritual. But we're learning to just be who our Heavenly Father made us to be. Uh, Gerard, I know you're in the back, man. I didn't um, give you these scriptures, but uh, look up Romans 8, 14 for me. That's one. So if you guys got your Bibles, we will be going by Romans 8, 14, I know. And then um, we'll probably go um, John chapter 3, verse 8. That's one. And I felt like, man, there was some more that I wanted to hit. But think about it when we get there. Romans 8, 14, and maybe John 3 and 8. I probably should have looked up those. In a different translation. I may do that now. Bless the Lord. I was just telling somebody, one of our guests, I was like, I would love to take you out. They was like, okay. I was like, you like Taco Bell? Looked at me like, man, you want to take... <laughs> hey, I want to take you somewhere nice that you will remember when we leave. And you will... You know, Johnny Cash wrote a song after he left Taco Bell. It's called A Burning Ring of Fire. And I just, anyway, just like... <laughs> Burning ring of fire. I bless y'all with that revelation in Jesus' name. I said Romans 8, didn't I? Yeah, Romans 8. Y'all making me forget what I said here. Verse 14. There we go. I'm trying to get there so I can read it. Hallelujah. Shoo. Romans 8. I'll probably read 14 through 16. 14 through 16. Let's do that. Romans 8, 14 through 16. When you get that, throw that up for me. And then I'll read New King James, and then I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. Is that okay? Okay. This is what Paul writes to Rome. Remember that the people of Rome were pretty much pagans, um, and Rome actually had oppressed the nation of Israel for a very long time. But God and his grace, even this epistle, one of my, probably my most favorite epistle that I have in the scripture, this is God's grace to Rome, and Paul is sharing the gospel with them. But listen to this. He says, as many as are led, everybody say led, by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, if he would have said, as many as go to church are sons of God, that'd be, that'd be simple and beautiful. But he says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. This is probably one of the most scriptures that I would call, it's, it shows like a real trait of maturity, and it is this. The people that have learned to be led by the Spirit of God. He says, these are sons of God. Next verse. Then he says this. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. You know, some people left the bondage of the world and joined the bondage of church. Now, listen to what I'm telling you. They left one system of do not, do not, do not, and joined into a greater system of do not, 
do not, do not. But he said, we did not receive God's spirit that leads to bondage. He said this, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But what do you receive? You receive the spirit of what? Adoption by whom we now cry out what? Abba Father. So, and yeah, I'm, I'll get there, but we need to do that. We need to say, that's why you always hear me say Abba or Papa. We need to, we need to do the things that Jesus taught us to do, right? And so next verse, for the spirit, which is Holy Spirit, which is God's spirit, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are what? Children of God. Let me read this in the Passion Translation out loud to you. Paul says this, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. Paul called it bondage, New King James. He says, you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. That was law. And just keep right on going, <laughs> which leads you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance that is now enfolding you into the family of God. Everybody say this. I'm fully accepted by my father. We got any parents in the room? Okay. Now let, let, the, let the honest parents... This is only for the honest parents. If you know your kids have some issues, wave at me. Look at there, like, uh, you can wave, Sarah. First time here, but you can wave. She's like, yeah, my daughter's beside me. You got to if you, if, if your kids are not perfect, like, now, my little girl's eight. She ain't never sinned. She probably going to never sin, but that's just how I feel about it. But, but our kids have issues. But haven't you fully accepted them? So I'm like, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. So I said that to simply say, if you and I, not being perfect in our actions, but yet we know how to fully receive our children in light of their minor imperfections, right? The verbiage of Paul in, to Romans is this, how much more so will not your heavenly father Right, So you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God and you will never feel orphaned. The church I grew up in, we didn't have that Bible verse. It was not in there. We got to Romans 7, went straight to 9. Like forget the full acceptance stuff. You can be in one minute and you can be out the next because the spirit of God didn't do a good job of keeping us. Mm-hmm. So we actually, in church, I actually received the spirit of bondage or the spirit of religious duty, right? But he said, no, now you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. (laughs) Beloved father. Verse 16, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers in our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. What does the Holy Spirit do? He makes the Father's fatherhood real to us as he whispers in our heart, you are the Father's beloved child. Every night when I bless my kids and we go through our declarations, I whisper something very similar into their ear. I always say this. You're accepted by your heavenly father, and that'll never change. And you're accepted by me, your mom, and your dad, and that'll never change. You can't do anything about it. Your love, period. Okay, dad. <sighs> Last night I told Honor he wasn't feeling well. I was like, I'm gonna pray for you. He said, I don't need it, dad. I'm gonna just go sit. Just to sleep. Spirit of religious duty is about to come on you, son, because I'm fixing to reject you, right? Now let's look at John chapter eight. Uh, what did I say, John? No, John 3, 8. Sorry. Hmm. Hmm. John 3, this is Jesus talking with Nicodemus. John 3 and 8. This is the whole John three sixteen passage. John 3, 1 says, There was a man sent from God whose 
name was John. That's John chapter 1. This guy, Nicodemus, comes up and he says, hey, look, I know, Jesus, that you come from heaven or from God because can't nobody do the stuff you're doing unless God is with him. So they get into this beautiful conversation. Jesus answers a question that John never even asked. And then he tells John this. He says, the wind. Everybody say, the wind. Now, because we're, we live in, in the West, in America, that word wind there, everybody say wind. That word wind there is the exact same word I just read to you, spirit, in Romans 8. Exact same word. Everybody say pneuma. I think it's P-N-E-U-M-A. I may be spelling it wrong, but it's the word pneuma, which means breath or wind. Right? It could be translated either way. So it is the breath or the wind or the spirit of God that completely enfolds us and lets us cry out, Abba, Father. It is the breath or the wind of the spirit of God that blows where it wants to. And Nicodemus, you hear the sound of the wind or the breath or the spirit of God, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit or of the wind. You see that? So I want you to see this now as I make some comparisons, and then we're going to share some gospel with you. Let me read a story to you from a book that I've, it really impacted me um, years ago, this story here, and I want to read it to you. Those who regularly drove down Lattimore Street knew the pathetic sight of the old man all too well. His home was a jumble of cardboard cartons and trash stashed under the I-35 overpass. His transportation was a rusty grocery cart borrowed from a local market with a right front wheel that wobbled as he coaxed it along the litter-strung gutters. During the summer, he would panhandle under the hot Texas sun for loose change from drivers that stopped at red lights. In the winter, it was easier to root through filthy dumpsters behind the hotel hotel for scraps of food. But one bitter day, he didn't make his usual rounds. At first, nobody noticed it. Even if they had, it was far too miserable a day to brave the sleet and cold of a blue northerner to go looking for one lonely old man. Two days later, someone found him. His frail body was wasted away by pneumonia. He lay cold and dead in his cardboard home, surrounded by the crumpled newspapers that he had burrowed into a futile attempt to try to keep warm. When the county coroner did the autopsy, he was puzzled to find a safe deposit box key tightly clasped in the old man's right hand. At first, he supposed that the old man had just found the key on the street, or perhaps he had even stolen it. After, fur after an investigation, uh, sorry, an investigation Further revealed, however, that the deposit box had been issued in the old man's name many decades earlier. What the lawyers found in the box when they opened it two weeks later made a front-page article in the city newspaper. In the box, they found the deed to the old man's mansion that he owned in Florida, now unoccupied for many years. There were stocks and bonds from an investment portfolio untouched for more than a decade. They found his diploma, which he had received from Harvard, one Rolex watch, a stack of crisp $100 bills, a small plastic container filled with gold coins, and one diamond ring that was valued at several thousand dollars. The old man who had lived in such misery and squalor was, in reality, a very wealthy man. He possessed incredible resources but had not made use of the resources that he possessed. I want to just say that last part to you. He possessed incredible resources, but he failed to make use of the resources that he possessed. I wonder if you'll be honest with me today and take a personal inventory of your own life. Does that story bear any resemblance to us when you just opposed it to how the church here in the West treats Holy Spirit. We have everything that we need in Holy Spirit, but do we actually use all that we've been given? 
you can look down your, the road that you're sitting on, and you may not know this, but if I, if I look down Matt's row, I see Kenneth. And Kenneth, you can look down your row, and you can see Matt. And this is what I look. When I look at Matt, I see somebody who is full and has everything he needs. You don't even know, but people on your row are pregnant with a capital P of potential. Like you are filled with things. Somebody's like, oh, they're pregnant. Okay, okay. Somebody just got really excited. Don't chicka bow To have God's spirit living on the inside of you as a follower of Jesus, I'm telling you, it is our greatest treasure. This old man chose to live a life of misery and literally one of poverty when in reality he had what a lot of people would have given their left arm for. And do we know that as Christians that the scripture plainly tells us that God has given us Ephesians 1.3. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That God has made us to be kings and priests under God. Revelations 1.6. He's made his own omnipotent power available to us. Ephesians 1.19 and 20. Where are all of these resources at? In the Holy Spirit who is our source. Who is our source? Okay, so the passage that I read to us today says this. It says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, the same are what? As many as are led, the same are what? Sons. Now, I'm going to read to you what the Blue Letter Bible App says the word led means in the Greek it's a go. If you don't believe it, G71 Ago. Ago. That's pretty deep, right? Ago, right? Ago. He says this. It means to lead or to take one with. To lead by laying hold of, and this way to bring to the point of a destination maybe even of an animal, to lead by accompanying to or into a place, to lead with oneself, to attach oneself to. As many as are led, if, if I put a, a leash on my dog, and sometimes my dog, he weighs as much as I do, I'm not leading him, he's really leading me. But the one out front is doing the leading. If I put a leash around his neck and I'm leading him, I'm leading him to a point of destination. I am leading him. And Paul says, this has been led by the Spirit. Interesting that he uses that word. To be led by the Spirit makes you a son of God. So watch this. All sons have the privilege of being led. Every child should know what it means to know the voice of a loving parent and for them to give direction to them and at times correction to them. But even in correction, a parent is leading a child. It's so quiet in here, you can hear a moth pee on a cotton ball. I said, even in correction, God is leading us. So Paul says, for the father to lead you, for you to be a mature son, you got you to gotta learn to be moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. So let's settle a few things. Where does the Holy Spirit live? He's inside of us. So watch this. You are a house for a king. He don't live in Galardia. <laughs> you are his Galardia. See, God lives in a, I'm a single wide. I ain't going to say nobody's a double wide. It just you pick whatever wide you want to be. You identify whatever you identify as muscular. If that offends you, I bless you in Jesus' name. But whatever, you identify what you want to identify with. I, I am who God says I am. So you are a house fit for a king. Now watch this. You are divine real estate. You know what Paul says in Corinthians 3.16? He said, didn't you know? This is what he, said. he said, didn't you know that your body is God's house? And I want to tell you something. This, this offends religious people, but God never bought a house that got repossessed on. <laughs> what do you do with it? 
Now, you can live as if he doesn't live inside of you. You can make decisions as if that, that doesn't matter. But as we mature in our faith, we're learning to be led. The reason I don't do certain things is not because I'm afraid to go to hell. I don't. The reason I don't do certain things in my faith isn't because I'm afraid I'll go to hell. That is the farthest thing that would ever happen. The reason I don't do certain things is because I don't want to miss intimacy. I don't do certain things because I'm afraid my wife's going to leave me. I don't do certain things because I don't want it to rob me of my intimacy. And every married person in the room should say amen. What does it mean to be led? Well, what does it mean to get cut off in traffic? Watch this. I'm, I'm being funny, but in the spirit of cuss, come on you. Just a- <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. And, 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 and you know, like, should I do that? If it, Some people say there's a still small voice. I do believe in that, but sometimes there's a big loud one too. Most of us are being led. We just don't know it because we got to learn how to hear our voice, how to hear God's voice. Watch this. If God is speaking on FM and I'm listening on AM, God is not required to jump to AM. I'm required to go to FM. We just have to learn to listen and obey in the way that he's speaking to us. If Matthew told me, you know what, PJ, I really hear God, man, when I'm riding a skateboard down the street. You know what I'm going to tell Matthew to start doing? You better get a skateboard and start kicking it down the street. I don't know how y'all do that, by the way. But I can tell you one thing. A Native American didn't invent skateboards. Like, real tall. Like, it ain't. If you told me, man, I hear God climbing trees, I'm going to tell you real quick. You better go start climbing some trees. But learn to be led by God's spirit. We have overcomplicated listening to the God who calls himself our dad. And then Jesus said in John 10, my sheep know my and a stranger they will not. Many people follow the stranger rather than the shepherd. But Paul says, those that are led by the Spirit of God, those are sons. If, Caitlin's got 27 kids. Okay. If he brought, if, if you left the church, man, you take half my children's men. Don't leave. But anyway, so if I bring all these kids in here and Caitlin says, hey, my boys, get up here. That father is speaking to his sons. Guess which kids out of all the 40-some kids we have in there right now. Which boys are going to move? Yours. You know why? Because you led them with your voice. Mine may not move when he speaks. Because I lead them with mine. Well, as a son of God, we are all led by our father's voice. The sons of God are those that are moved by the impulses of his spirit. So watch this. Then Jesus tells Nicodemus in John 3 and 8, he says the wind or the what? The spirit or what's the Greek? The pneuma blows where it wants to. So if the mature sons of God are those that are led by the wind, then Jesus says, Jesus says this wind moves ever how it wants to. You know, Oklahoma's funny. Oklahoma's a funny place, man, because when you move here, I think more exciting than any football game, basketball game, or any extracurricular activity is you let a tornado start to happen. If you know you're you not in this, in this path, you just turn on the news station here, and it's like, get you a bowl of popcorn and just. What's his name? What's the guy? Oh, boy, now he, he don't do it anymore. What's his name? See, I'm not, I'm not from here, but that guy was, <laughs> he was fun. They, they, he had to get paid big money. Like, he was good at what he did. It's like, we, we're hoping that a tornado happens. Is it David, I heard David Payne? So what's the other guy's name? Gary England. Which, which is the godfather of it? Is it Gary England? Okay, Gary England, okay, <laughs> And if you were not afraid before the tornado, if you watch them, you're going to be very afraid. 
Tornadoes in chicken shape, it look like it's gonna jump to Edmund. I don't care. It's just like, what in the world? It's like, what is it? There ain't no safe place anywhere around. According to Gary or David. It's like, I don't care where you are, scared. We were literally watching it one time and he was like, get to safety. You will die. I'm like, bro, that's clear. Get to safety, you will die. If Gary England would have heard Jesus says, the wind blows where it wants to, you don't know where it's coming from. Or where, he'd have been like, well, I got some satellites that can tell me exactly where it's going. And I want to say, well, why ain't your satellites ever right? Because every time y'all say it's going to do something, it don't do it the way you said it's going to do it. There ain't no truer words ever been spoken from a pulpit than that right there. But Jesus says, the wind the pneuma, the breath of Abba blows where it wants to. And then he says, you don't know where it's coming from and you don't know where it's going. And then he ends that verse with this majestic statement. And he says, so is everyone, watch it now, who is carried by this same wind. I'm telling you, the sons of God are those that are led by this wind. And he said, the sons of God are those that are carried by this wind. Do you... Man, do you know what I want to see happen to our kids? I want to see them getting carried by the wind. I want to see the Nehemiahs, and I want to see the Nathaniels, and I want to see the honors and the sailors, right? I also want to see our teenagers. I want, to see, I, want to, I want them to know what it means to weep in the presence of God. I want them to know what it means to say no to something, not because somebody's threatened them, but because they have become fully mature in their faith, and they'll say, I don't do that because I know my Abba wouldn't want me to do that. I don't want my child who I'm raising in a Christian home when faced with the exact same temptations of those that don't even know Christ to be struggling in the same way. What have we done? I want them to be carried by the wind. But here's the, even in our church services that we have here in America, the problem is this. You can go to most services right now in America and they will dictate to you how the wind's going to blow and when it's going to blow and how it's going to move and when it's going to start and when it's going to stop. Except Jesus said, except the word said, you don't control where it comes from or how it moves. And if you want to be carried by it, it will always be in control or he will always be in control. I come to church uh, a few days ago to meet. Um, actually, I was going to meet with you, Sarah, on that day, which ended up being a very just beautiful day with me. Got to share the love of God with a few people and encourage a few people, but I'm sitting out front, sweeping off the front doorstep or mat that we have up front. And I look across at the eye doctor and they have a lady. I mean, she's probably about 80 years old, still driving. She just had something done, but her pupils were obviously dilated. She's coming out of there. She has, um, you know, a little a, a walker in front of her, and she is just struggling. And I'm thinking, I wait for like two or three minutes to see if, you know, her kids or somebody's going to come out of the door. They didn't come out of the door. She makes it down properly. I put my stuff down. I'm running over. I was like, can I help you? She's like, oh, I'm good. I said, are you, though? <laughs> you like... <laughs> You walk by faith. You doing that, ma'am. And she had on, you know, the glasses they give you. I mean, they're like about this big. She has them glasses on. I said, you okay? She said, yeah, I just had surgery done. Um, I said, uh, well, who's coming to pick you up? She said, oh, nobody. I can drive. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> I, the, the spirit of call a friend came on me like, you got to say anybody I can call for you. And I said, how about we take about 15, 20 minutes and talk for a little bit? So you're, I don't know how long it takes. That's just the first thing that came to my mind. She said, okay, okay. She said, well, I got to put this in the, in the back of my car. I said, I'll put you in the driver's seat, and I'll pop your back, and I'll put it in. And so I, do, I, go, I go through all this stuff, and I put it in there. Now, guess what? See, I like to de—I don't want to say demystify, but I think sometimes we make God more spiritual than he actually is. So— Watch this. Been led by the Spirit. I don't care if it's goodness. Guess who it comes from? Every good and perfect gift comes from above. It don't matter if the person doing it wouldn't know God from the speaker. Every good and perfect gift. 
If the most wicked person in the world does a kind deed, guess where that kind deed came from? If they do something that, that is love, joy, peace, gentleness, faith, guess where that came from? from the, that's fruit of the Spirit. Anyway, that being said, did God have to say, what, 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 what if I would have done this? Hmm, Holy Spirit, if not, if you speak to me, I'll go help her. If you lead me in this moment, I'll go help her, Lord. But you're going to have, oh, you're going to have to lead me, Jesus, as I wipe the window down. Because obviously wiping this window down and sweeping this doormat right now is more important than this 80-year-old lady getting to that car who's obviously walking by faith and not by sight right now in this moment. <laughs> so, so was I spirit-led when I do that, or did I, just, did I just go and do it? The answer is yes. I promise you it was Abba's heartbeat that I go help the lady. Right? You know what she did? Now? She, she, obviously, she couldn't really see me. She's just trying to be nice. She said, you are handsome. You know, I said, oh, I know I am, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, I am. Spoke. I look like Dwayne Johnson, but she couldn't see me from nobody. In the... I just went and helped her. Right? But was that me being spirit born? Yes. Okay, another example. Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We are his house. You can become as aware of the Holy Spirit in you as you desire or as unaware. I know married couples live in the same house that never talk to one another. Somebody can literally live in you and you become unaware of it. You can become as aware of God in you as you desire. As you desire. What about this? Right? I have, I, mean, I need to write a book on Home Depot Chronicles. Because there's just always people in there. It's always a good time to go and to be kind. It's always a good place for me. I know I'm always in there. They kind of know me at least a little bit. I can always go and simply encourage someone. Right? So for me, I'm in Home Depot all the time. And if I see somebody that, you know, for me, there are telltale signs. If I see somebody on like a cane, that's an obvious I can pray for that person. There are other moments though, Matthew, it's like you walk by somebody, watch this. And anybody know what it's like to be cooking for those of you that still cook? And, and a vapor come over the pot just for a moment and then it's gone. I call those like, I get impressions from the Holy Spirit that way. Like I walk by Matt and I get this quick impression and then it's gone. But did I try to think that or where'd that come from? Well, I, I want to make sure that's, that's really the Lord. Well, you won't know until you act on it. So I say this, act on every impression you get. Because on the other side of your trying your best to hear from the Lord, there's always something really cool. I literally prayed for a guy one time in Walmart. This guy's body was ridiculed with, I mean, riddled with stuff. Every time, I, I mean, the, the Walmart off of Northwest Expressway near, I think, Council Road right there. Somewhere in that area. I just knew this guy had all kind of stuff going on in his body. And I asked him, I said, hey, man, can I pray for you? He said, nope. I said, you ever have any pain in your body? He said, all the time. I said, I would love to pray. He said, nope. I got to get back to work. I understood. Okay. He turns around and walks off. Guess what I do? Wait, no, guess what I did? I started walking behind him. <laughs> what, I mean, what, what's he going to do, call the cops on me? You're disturbing the peace. That happened at the Home Depot for me one time on Northwest Expressway, too. You disturbing the peace. If you disturbing the peace, keep on disturbing the peace. If you call that disturbing the peace. So I'm walking behind him. Lord, I just bless this guy. Just thank you, Jesus, for bringing healing to his body. Kept on going. Not long. Now, I, didn't, I didn't take like 10 minutes and go, oh, God. Don't do that, man. If I see you do that, I'm running. Like that ain't been led. You led by a spirit, but that, that's probably not Jesus. At the same time. As we're led by God's spirit, what does it look like in worship for us? I don't watch this. I don't even mean inside of this building. I mean personally in your own life. Do you know that God's spirit in you cries out to him? Like what about, what about the beauty of this? That the spirit of God in me cries out, Abba. 
I don't know if adults, if you still have your father living, like do you still call him dad? And why that feels awkward in America to call God dad or father tells me that we have missed it in some capacity. So I want to normalize calling him the same thing that Jesus called. And I've done this enough in my own heart that now it feels strange. Watch this when I don't do it. And I want to be led by my spirit not to do better ministry things. My goodness, man. My goal is not to be a better minister. I don't want God to use me because everybody knows what it feels like to be used. And God doesn't want to use you. He wants you to see him for the God that he's always been. And that is Abba. That is Papa. That is Father. And a lot of us, if we'll be honest, we learn this in church. We operate with a slave mentality rather than we do a son mentality. And one day, Matthew, we're going to learn this. One day in eternity, perhaps, we'll learn. It wasn't our prayer that made God our Father. Because if you pray a prayer that makes God something that he wasn't before you prayed it, that means you changed him and who he was in his purest essence. Our prayer never made him our father. Our prayer was us being awakened to the fact that he's always been Abba, father. He's always been a good dad. He's always been an amazing dad. Adam didn't wake, wake up in the garden of Eden to a pastor. But he woke up to a dad that loved to take walks with him. In my desk in my office, can I keep a little round plate about this big of wood? And I have a little wooden cup about yay tall. I actually buy these things for married couples all the time. And it's my own personal communion thing. So I make it my habit that when I come to the church, even on an off day with no service, I take a few moments to slow down and say, Abba, Father, I want to do communion with you. Do you know you can do communion with Jesus? How close do you want to be? You're in him, but I mean in your awareness. How aware do you want to be to who he is? You and I can be led by God's spirit to do practical things like helping people in their cars. I remember there's one time that Michael and Charity said, man, is there anybody in the church we can bless? We want to buy some furniture. That's led by the spirit too. Like there's practical things like that. And sometimes those are more needed than the spiritual things. It's not about one or the other. It's about being led by God's spirit in all that you do. I met Sarah here this week. We're talking about getting new cleaning supplies from the church. I can see being led by the spirit in those things too. I'm telling you, God cares about every detail of our lives, man. And he wants to be included in it. As much as my son loves to see me at every event, I want to make every football game. I want to do my best to make it to every practice. I want to, even last night, my daughter had a recital at Studio J. Honor did not want to go. He was going to go to a birthday party. And Lindsay reminded me, we can't, he can't do that because Sailor has uh, a recital tonight. And we're going. Yes, we are going. I want you to know that we're in. Well, I want to be part of everything you do. I'm in the crowd cheering you on. Can you see your heavenly father saying, I want to be a part of you cutting grass. I want to be a part of you going to the movies. I want to be a part of you going on your date nights. I want to be a part of you building your, I don't know, building your home, fixing your garage. I want to be a part of everything that you do. But there are those moments when I will lead you to do things that are specifically uniquely tailored to your personality and your skill set. But I want to be a part of all all of it. Everybody say all of it. Kim, would you come to the keys for me? Is that okay? We're going to go and wrap up here. What time is it? Man, I'm doing good. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Everybody say, I want to be led. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say some things, and I don't, I don't want you to take me the wrong way, but I think you can trust me here. It is not wrong to, to even practice being led. How do you learn your father's voice or your mom's voice or your best friend's voice? You, you talk to them all the time. If you get around me enough, I mean, I just, I'm all the time saying, Lord, bless the Lord. You be well, bless the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping me find my keys. I'm not just talking. Talking. 
The Lord wants us, I'm telling you, to be so keenly aware that he's in us. That he's like wind. Do you know that there's times that the same wind that rips a tree out of the ground, you know, 500 yards that way. Maybe 500 yards this way, that same wind is barely moving a leaf. But it's all wind. It's all wind. Same wind. There are times when it's like, man, this is obviously God, right? It's demonstrative. This is God. Yeah, but the lady in the car, that can't be God, is it? It's the wind blowing where it wants to. For me, it was the wind blowing last night right around 12 a.m. as I'm sitting there right outside of my little nook with my Bible open. Saying, God, I want to be more led by you too. And if you don't think you know what it's like to be led, you know what it's like to be led. Maybe not in a good sense, but we all know what it's like to be led. This is a year of more for us. What is that for me right now? It's like I'm being led more than I've ever had before. I'm praying about everything. Lord, should we start this business? Yes or no? No? Okay. Lord, should we do this? Yes or no? Yes. Sometimes I go to God, God, should he do this? He said, I don't know. What do you think? Because as your kids mature, you say, I'll let you make that decision. But I'm here if you need me. Does God still speak to people? (laughs) Does God still speak to people? Of course he still speaks to people. I'm telling you, God's speaking in this room right now. Would you take a moment, close your eyes with me, and just listen. This is what I'm supposed to do today. You were built to be carried by the wind. You were built to hear the voice of God in your own heart. You were born to be led by God's Spirit. God doesn't lead us though by a leash. He leads us by the promptings from His heart to yours. Some of us are going to feel this in regards to how we speak to our spouse. Some of us are going to feel this in, in regards to how we parent. Some of us might feel this in regards to how we do business. Some of us might feel this in regards to how we personally worship. Some of us might feel this in regards to what do we, how, how are we giving back at church? How are we giving back to our community? It's different things, man. But I encourage you to, to begin to take time alone. Take a few moments. Maybe start your day this way. Or maybe even end your day this way and say, Lord, I just want you to know I'm open to you leading me. I want to be led. I'm not always sure if it's you, but I'm going to start by faith as acting as if it really is. Jesus says, you'll know the will when you do the will. I give you permission to be led. I give you permission to be a person of ego, A-G-O, to be led by the pneuma, to be led by the wind. Some of us are so used to I want to say this. I had a vision one time that I was in the middle of the ocean and I was in a boat. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, Joshua, the ocean is my will for your life. And I thought, I know exactly where I want to go. He said, that's not how it works, Joshua. Because I'm used to determining my own direction. And I want a motorboat to propel me through God's will so I get to where I'm going. If I don't have a motorboat... I'm reaching for the oars because I'm going to start paddling. He said, it's not about your oars because that requires your strength. This is not about you getting to where you want to go in my will and your own strength. And it's not about motorboats, Joshua. It's not about you being more creative. Stop. I said, well, how do I do anything? How do I move here? I don't understand how movement happens in this world, in this way of life. And he said this. He said, if you'll look down and pull that string. And when I did, literally this big sail came up. He said, I built you for the wind, Joshua. He said, trust the wind. 
The sons of God are those that are led by the pneuma of God. Trust the wind. And some of us, we are so used to planning things out. We're so used to strategizing. And I'm telling you, I'm all for a good strategy. Trust me. But I'm telling you, you better get ready because the wind's blowing again. And it may blow our strategy off the table. You may end up in a completely different place at the end of 23 than you ever thought. But I'm telling you, it'll be more fruitful. It'll be more beneficial. It'll be more life-giving for you and your relationships on your job, in your business, than you've ever even dared to dream. Some of us are going to trust the wind of God again for our healing. Some of us are going to trust the wind of God again for our own wholeness. Some of you are even afraid of that word. You, you think it's the farthest thing from you that you can actually be whole because of what you walk through. Certainly you got to carry wounds the rest of your life. I say, no, you do not. You might have the scar the rest of your life, but you don't have to carry the wound from the rest of your life. You will not be defined by the wounds that happen to you. You're going to be defined by the word of God spoken to you and you are going to be a person that is carried by the winds and it blows where it wants to. You don't determine where it comes from, neither where it's going. So are those who are born of the wind and this is your year of the wind and I want to say this to you. Hoist your sails. Come on, stand to your feet with me. I'm telling you, whatever it looks like in your life, hoist yourselves again. Feel the wind. It's blowing now. It's blowing now. I said, it's blowing now. It's blowing now. I see it blowing through families again for wholeness. It's blowing now. I see it blowing through minds, wills, and emotions for emotional wholeness. It's blowing now. I see the wind of God blowing across prayer movements and, and prayer clauses. I see the wind of God blowing on communion sets again. It's blowing now. It's blowing now, but will you feel it? It's blowing now. Hoist yourselves. Put down your oars. It's blowing now. It's blowing now. It's blowing now. I know this may not be a popular message this day and age, but I'm telling you, I feel the wind of God. You know what the word is there in Genesis 1 when it says the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep, but the pneuma of God was hovering. It was God going, I'm hovering now. I'm blowing now. I don't know what you need, but I can tell you this. The wind can feel it. The wind can feel it. Specifically in the area of wholeness. W-H-O-L. Wholeness. Not H-O-L-E. If you have an H-O-L-E, if you have a whole, I'm telling you, God wants to give you wholeness. You don't even got to come to the front. I just want you to get in a posture of receiving and let the Spirit of God blow on you. I'm telling you the same pneuma that was released into the nostrils of Adam and Eden and he became a living soul. I'm telling you that same pneuma wants to rest upon you and blow inside of you right now. Father, I thank you by way of the Holy Spirit that you bring wholeness to people now in Jesus' name. I even hear some of you saying, I've lost all sensitivity to God. I couldn't feel him if I tried. I'm telling you, you will. God will literally renew your sensitivity to his spirit again. You just simply cry out, Abba, Father. Why don't you just try that with me today? Can you say, Abba, Father? Maybe just try calling him father some of us need a revival in the father area just say father you're father to me you're father to me you're father to me you are abba to me you are papa to me you are daddy to me you are father there will be a revival in the heartland of america and it will be a revival of sons waking up to the fact that they are sons and it is not abnormal for a son to call his dad dad i'm telling you he is abba he is papa he is father to us jesus our father our Father, our Father, the wind of God, shoot the breath of God, Abba Father. Abba Father, come on, just minister to his heart. Abba Father, Abba Father, Abba Father. I want you to know you've been fully accepted. You've been fully engulfed. Abba, Father, you can't lose this. You can't lose this.
can't lose this. You can't lose this. If you're in the room this morning, I'm going to end here. If you're in the room this morning and you struggle with whether or not you think that God will, can, or should accept you, I would love to pray with you right where you stand. The doors of his house are always open. I just feel him hovering today. If that's you, just as a way of something to tie your faith to, would you just pray with me right now? Even if you're in the room and you know that you're loved, would you just pray out loud with me? Say, Father God, today we hear you. We feel you. We are led by you. I am led by your spirit. I'm carried by your wind. I know I'm fully accepted. If there is any sin in my life, I repent of it. Jesus, you buried it, and it did not resurrect. But you did, and I resurrected with you. Show me how to hoist myself and to be carried by your wind. I receive your full acceptance as a son. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's you and that spoke to you today, would you just hold up your hand? Anybody in the room? I see that friend. I see that friend. Thank you. Come on, wait, family. I saw about six hands go. Can we just give God some thanks for that? You know what? I'm literally holding my hand up because for me, it's real in my heart. It's real in my heart. I want to say this. Next week, I'm leaving for a bomb of God's goodness to go off in this place. Would you invite 10 people with you? I would love to come in here and we have standing room only. I would so love to come in here. We have standing room and we get to share the gospel with people. You know what we're going to continue to do here? Lead people into new life. Some of us don't like this, but we're going to continue to cast out demons in Jesus' name. We're going to continue to show people that our God is not a cosmic abuser, but he's a heavenly father who is good. We're going to continue to declare that the fact that sin has already been defeated. We're going to continue to sound an alarm to awaken people as God allows to who they've always been in him. Do me the favor and the honor and invite someone with you next week. Maybe even share your story this week with them because the kingdom is a beautiful thing and everybody should enjoy it. One more time, put your hands together for Jesus. I love you guys. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.